This is a great segue. I wanted to, in honor of the eight or nine baptisms that we had scheduled until the heater broke, uh, I was going to share on what is it to live unashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 says, you know, to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God unto salvation. Well, what does that look like? Because we live in a culture that doesn't necessarily maybe want to hear what we have to say and so forth. But a lot of that's a deception. A lot of that whole fear of witnessing and fear of rejection is just the enemy clouding our minds. The truth is every human being is made by God and for God. And, uh, you know, we need to be out and about doing our Father's business. And so I wanted to share in honor of that, and those baptisms will be uh, next week, but I wanted to share on how do we live unashamed of the gospel. So let's look at Romans 1.16. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. He's actually defining it a little bit for us here. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So there is criteria. There's, you know, that errant doctrine that, well, everybody's just saved. And no, it's the power of God for everyone who believes and receives him for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And I want to give you this one. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, New Living Translation. Um, by the way, verse 13, I probably should have put that up there. Uh, it says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then verse 14, how then can they call on the one that they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard of? How can they hear without someone sharing with them? How can anyone preach unless they're sent as it's written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Everybody say, I have beautiful feet. Amen. For some of you, that's the first time in your life you've heard that. <laughs> but going back to uh, Romans 1.16, how do we live unashamed of the gospel? Well, number one, you got to know what the gospel is. You need to know what the gospel actually is. And he does define it a little bit. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to, to what? To transform a life. The word salvation here is, all, is also deliverance. So to deliver, transform a life from self-centeredness and death into new life, new person, giving, serving, loving individual. It is the dunamis, that word is dunamis, it is the supernatural, uh, dunamis power of God, uh, that word dunamis, miraculous power and strength of God to transform an old self-centered life and heart to a humble, contrite, and loving heart and life. Big difference there. The gospel has power. And we need to be unashamed of the fact that he's, he's transformed and transforming our lives. Because Paul wrote in Philippians 3.16, let us live out that which we've already attained. So yeah, your spirit man is heaven ready. Your spirit man is connected to Christ. Your spirit man is righteous and pure and holy. 
right? Pure as the wind-driven snow. That's your spirit man. But your soul and body are under construction. They're under the leaven of the Lord, the leaven of the, of the Spirit. And so we need to understand, I mean, how are we going to share the gospel with conviction that it really is the answer if we don't really know and understand what the gospel actually is? And this word here, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, literally means I, uh, I have conviction that the gospel is what everybody needs. I live this with conviction. I think the body of Christ has lacked conviction over the years that what we say we believe is true, that we actually live that way and we execute that way. So the word gospel means good news. Keep that in mind that when you go out each and every day, you're going with good news. It argues itself. I mean, the real gospel argues itself. It is that powerful. But there is a but. It begins with the bad news. Here's what the bad news is that human beings need to understand. Because of the fall of man, every one of us were born into sin. We were all born spiritually dead. You became a sinner not because you committed one. You actually were born into sin. You were born fallen, if I could use that term. You were born spiritually dead and not connected to the Spirit of God. But Jesus Christ, so that's the bad news. The good news is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and died, not only for you and your sin. He died as you. Now, this is the power of God to transform a life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. How much? All the old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. So Christ come and di- came and died for you, and he died as you, so that you could receive life. Human beings that are lost in the world don't need to get religious They don't need to try harder. They are dead spiritually and they need life. And that should help you understand why the world does what they do. I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, I just expect them to think better. Use your mind a little bit. But they're under the great deceiver, just like we all were before Christ moved into us and started changing our thinking. Fair enough? Yeah, he still is changing our thinking. Absolutely. So he did this so we could receive brand new life and then have a connection to the living God day by day. Do you hear me say that? Every day. He didn't just come and and die so you could go to heaven one day. Thank God he delivered life to you that you can live right here, right now, not just in the hereafter. You can live it now. And man, as much as he needs anything right now on this planet, because he knows a lot about a lot. We can invent drones and phones and crazy stuff like that. But you know what? We don't know what to, how to do. We don't know how to live. We don't know what the way is. We don't know what the truth is. We don't know what life is. And this life that you receive through Christ that is the good news, it is a life to be lived here and now. Not just in eternity. And it's a connection to the Spirit of God. It's spirit to spirit. It's heart to heart. Man, it's even thought to thought. And you get to live it here. The life that's in you 
is powerful. It's powerful. It's transforming. I like to say it this way. It's effectual. This gospel we're unashamed of is not just intellectual believism. In this person we read about in a book, it's his life in the present tense transforming us in the present tense. That's what we're not ashamed of. That, that is the gospel. It is Christ in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. And Paul alludes to the gospel in verse 23. And then he goes on to say that the whole mystery of this thing is Christ in you. The hope of glory. The hope of God's glory being revealed and being seen. And so we're unashamed of the gospel. It's not head-to-head combat. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> it's heart to heart. The early church didn't out argue everybody. They didn't out argue the pagans. It was heart to heart. Ezekiel 36. You can write that one down. I don't have it for you. Verse 20 through 27, I think is as good of summation of the gospel as there is. And it's in the Old Testament. But God is prophesying through Ezekiel that His people have no ability whatsoever to express who He is to anybody. They have no ability to put Him on display. So He said, you know what? To preserve My great name, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and cleanse you. I'm going to wash you clean and then I'm going to give you My Spirit. And I'll give you a brand new heart. This is what Ezekiel 36 says. So that you can bear witness to who I am. Because only God can really reveal God. Fallen man, not very good at it. And so it's a summation of the gospel in Ezekiel 36, 20 through 27, that you get a brand new heart. Let's think about for a moment, a moment how many examples in Scripture, and we'll go into the ministry of Jesus, where we see people have a heart change. In Luke 7, Jesus goes to dinner. And there's a well-known town sinner who interrupts the whole thing. She's, it's well-known she's a sinner. And what does she do? She cries on his feet, you know, wets, wets his feet with her tears, and then dries and cleans his feet with her own hair. Do you suppose that was pure intellectualism? That why, why is she so adamant and loving towards him? Her heart has been pierced. It is not head-to-head combat. And if you're trying to out-argue somebody, man, just pray for them. Look for the opportunity where the heart uh, wall has come down. Because if you can even convince them intellectually that Jesus is who He says He is, a year later they can be convinced He's not. So I don't care about what's happening in their head. I care about what's happening in their heart, in their spirit, man. That's where the change takes place. Jesus even said to the Pharisees, why do you guys clean the outside of the cup Don't you know if you clean the inside of a man, the outside starts becoming clean. So the work is to be done on the inside. Everybody say on the inside. How about Peter? One of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is when uh, Jesus' miracle of the fish basically sinks his boat. And you know his response is? He said to the Lord, he's all weepy. He says, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. He has a revelation on the inside of himself that he's seen Christ. He's seen God. And he's seen himself and they don't match. 
And so he, he falls into this puddle of humility. Go away from me because I'm a sinful man. And yet the Lord would choose someone like that to be one of his greatest disciples. Here's this, here's this God who's all-knowing, omnipotent. Give me all the omnis you can. He's pretty amazing, right? Isaiah says he holds the expanse of the universe uh, in, his, in the palm of his hand. So he's pretty big. He stood outside of heaven and earth and created it. Now you and I, are we're tiny on this planet. He's outside of heaven and earth and makes them. So he's pretty, he's pretty big. He's pretty amazing. You know what he wants to be called by you? Dad. Jesus said, pray this way, our Father. Aramic is Abba. The Aramic word is Daddy, translated. That's, that's Abba. He wants to be known as Father. Why? Because He's about family. He's about love. He's about community. He wants connection with you. I, t- I shared last week, He didn't come, uh, you know, amidst lightning and thunder. He's revealing Himself in Jesus Christ, right? And the giving of His Son. His Son shows up here in a manger full of humility, walks up to Golgotha as a 33-year-old and dies for all of His enemies. He could have come with thunder and lightning and typhoons and earthquakes and he could have announced himself from heaven that said, obey me or else. But that would not have created sons and daughters. It would have created slaves. People that were afraid to call him uh, father. People that were afraid to commune with him. He wants a relationship with you. This is the gospel. It's the power to transform human beings out of uh, disconnect with God into everyday connection with the living God. It's powerful. Because like Megan was saying, she said, I I see the Lord. I didn't think it was possible, but I see the Lord in this group of people. Man, that's the gospel. That's the power of God we're unashamed of. And I I bind up this whole idea of fear. Fear is a spirit. And I, I bind the spirit of fear off of you. I break the spirit of fear. Fear of witnessing. Fear of what people think. Fear of men's faces. Fear of rejection. You're, you're dead. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 3. It's not your name on the line. It's not your ability. Just yield to Him. Say what He tells you to say. Here's an idea. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me your love for this person before you ever engage them. We'll get more on that because I got 10 of these and I'm hung up on number one, as you can see. How about one of my very favorites? We're talking about heart change. It's not head-to-head combat. Look at how Jesus did it. He did not intellectually convince Zacchaeus that he was the son of God. And Zacchaeus thought, well, you know what? I'll just repay everybody I ripped off uh, as an intellectual pursuit. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he got rich by ripping people off. And he sought to see, though, who Jesus was. But he couldn't see because of the crowd and he was short. So Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree that he might see Jesus for he was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up into the tree and he saw Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. I'm coming to your house today. Isn't that awesome? 
And so Zacchaeus made haste and he came right down and he received the Lord joyfully into his house. We can see the picture here, the type and shadow. But when they saw it, they all complained saying, well, he's gone to be a guest of a man who's a sinner. They didn't like that. But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I will give half of all my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from them, by false accusation, I will repay four times. What happened to him? It's inward. And I know that nobody's born again yet because Christ has not died yet. But I promise you, Zacchaeus has the Spirit of the Lord on him. And he's transforming his heart. There's lots of precursors that we see in the gospel. The gospel, if we're going to live unashamed, we need to know it's the power of God to transform a human being's hearts and motives. Zacchaeus is a rich man and all of a sudden he's willing to just part ways with half of it. And whatever he had stolen from people, he would pay, repay four times. Is that, does that sound like repentance? Yeah. He's changing his mind. He's changing his heart. He's agreeing with God. Number two. How do we live unashamed of the gospel? Well, see the Father's heart to make sons and daughters. And then participate with Him. Proverbs 11.30 says, You're a wise person when you participate with something God loves. You know what it says? He who wins souls is wise. That's Proverbs 11.30. He who wins souls is wise. Jesus was a great evangelist because he participated with the understanding he had that God loves lost people. I mean, he's going to Zacchaeus' house. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is the one who looked on the harvest and with compassion. He felt sorry for them because they looked like sheep with no shepherd. Jesus is participating with the Father's grand plan to make sons and daughters all over the world. And you're a wise person when you participate with what God loves and what God is doing. Look at Ephesians 1.3 and I'll prove it to you. Look at this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. What's God's plan? What was His pre, the predestined plan? To adopt us all as sons, knowing Him as Father, which is what Christ modeled and introduced to us. And He did it, look, according to the good pleasure of His will. It's His good pleasure. It's His will to make sons. So participate with it. With the will of God, with the, the pleasure of God. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. I mean, there's the gospel for you. 
Man, and, and when I was growing up, it was like, no, man, you, you sign this card and you join a church. And when you're dead, you go to heaven. That is not the gospel. The gospel is you can know him as son right here, right now. And that when you get to heaven, it won't be a shock how good he is. <laughs> you got to know he's good. I mean, look what he's done for you. Anybody willing to admit you don't deserve a relationship with God? I mean, how about, how about the sins we committed before we knew Him? Okay, yeah, we're disqualified. Anybody commit horrible sins since you've known Him that would disqualify you? I know I have. And He still saves us to the uttermost. So He gives you this life through which you can know Him. You can know Him now. Look at Luke fifteen seven, and also Luke fifteen ten. Jesus says, I say to you that there's more, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, that doesn't mean heaven doesn't rejoice every day that you're killing it in the Holy Ghost, okay? He's talking about religious people. <laughs> Verse 10, like I, I say to you, there's more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents over like Zacchaeus or over Peter or over the woman at dinner. Yeah. Can you see the father's heart to make sons and daughters? He delights in this. Just participate with him. Let that be your mindset. What his mind towards the lost is, is your mind towards the lost. And, you know, Brother Don has a, a friend uh, that he's known over the years. She simply treats everyone like they, they either love the Lord or they're fixing to. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll engage anybody at any time with, how's the Lord treating you today? How good has God been to you today? So she just treats people like they either know the Lord now or they will. You know who it reminds me of? Who was the guy who got the terrible assignment? Ananias. He had to go witness to Saul. Remember? And he's like, Lord, we've heard of this guy. This is a bad idea. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, he's, he's murdered your people. But if you're telling me to go, guess what? I'm going. And how did he address Saul? Anybody know? Brother Saul. Was Saul become Paul yet? And yet in his eyes... That man was his brother. Well, if we could, if we could engage with that, with people that we meet in the world, maybe, maybe you're not by definition in Christ, my brother just yet, but you will be. You will be. And if you can't love people for where they are right now, love them for who they can become in Christ. Love them for who they can become. I mean, think, look at you and I, where we were before we knew Him and, and who we're becoming now in Christ. Amen. All right, let's do one more. Because there's ten of them. <laughs> Number three, own the responsibility. Everybody say Responsibility. own the responsibility of being Christ's and heaven's ambassador. I like to talk about this. You don't just represent Christ. You represent the nation of heaven. 
You're from the nation of heaven. You're born from above. That's what born again means. So you're of that country. You're of heaven's country. And you guys know how mad everybody is in heaven, right? How sad and depressed everybody is. How angry they are. They're not. That's the country you're from. You're born from that country. So you are that country's ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5.20 We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We beg you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. Wow. We beg you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. Uh, The body of Christ, we must own the responsibility that we are heaven's ambassadors. We represent what that sweet by and by will be like. Scott, you guys can go ahead and come. Matthew 28. Great commission. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, Jesus said. So go, go therefore and disciple all nations. The word there is disciple. It's a verb. Disciple is a verb. So intentionally invest Christ in your people groups. And then Mark 16 Go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have to own the responsibility we've been given. And listen, it all works together because God is super smart. And I agree with uh, Dottie. Dottie shared that we have a call in this house in the way of prayer and intercession. I believe that. And man, any of you that know my mom... You, you would know that. She's been with us from the beginning. God bless her. She's in heaven now. But all this right here, it all works together. And so we commit to pray and we commit. There's scriptures to pray for those that need to come to be saved, to come to Christ. There's scriptures to pray for the laborers. But then with that, we have to own the responsibility. Because Romans 10 says, how can anybody believe if nobody is told? And I would say to you, don't just tell them with your mouth. Tell them with how you live. Tell them with your wallet. Tell them with your love. Tell them with generosity. Tell them with how you treat them and how you care about them. There's a lot of ways to communicate the gospel, and your mouth is probably one of the least believable. Amen? Unfortunately, some of the most vocal people who've been out preaching with the bullhorns and all that are the most angry. (laughs) They don't represent the good news very well. They like to preach that God is mean and God is mad and God is judge. And if you've ever wondered why they do that, it's so they don't get in trouble. So God doesn't kill them. That's, That's not the gospel. This is the God who wants you to call him Abba. Who, when it came time for somebody to suffer and die for the sin of the world, he looked at us and said, are you ready for this? Whatever falls on you, falls on me. That's how you end up with God, who is love, on a cross, dying for his creation that he made. Whatever falls on you, falls on me. God is Christ-like. 
It's one of the greatest revelations you can get because there's a lot out there. I remember when the, the Murrah building was blown up. Oklahoma City Radio, man, the Christian stations, is like God judged Oklahoma City. Really? He judges by murdering women and children in a building, some of which who probably did know Him? See, that's dumb. Dumb to the second power. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the true nature of God. And I wrote a book. It's out there in the foyer. I encourage you, please read it. If you're confused about this, the book is free. Get the book. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus Christ is the express image of the nature of God. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus Christ is the visible representation of the invisible God. Thank you, Lord. This is a God who at the, at the, at the Pharisee's house, when the sinner woman you know, interrupts and she's pouring out the alabaster perfume and all that stuff, he rebukes the people that are judging her. He rebukes them. And tells a little story, basically, that ends with, well, he who's forgiven much loves much. So don't gripe about all the perfume. Don't gripe about all the lavishness. She loves me because she's seen with the eyes of her heart who I am and what I'm here to do. My goodness. That's the power of the gospel to transform a life. Will you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Wow. If you've seen me... You've seen the Father. And Jesus never put cancer on anybody. Jesus never tried to just kill somebody because of what they were doing. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Brother Steve, I do not know Christ. I am not born again. But I want to know Him. And I want to receive His life into me. I want to receive what the real gospel is. All I've known is what the world has said or religion has said. If that's you, you slip your hand up so we can celebrate with you as you receive the life of Christ. Anyone, I want to be born again. Gathered church, will you open your hands with me? Just like this. Father, I pray for each and every one of us right now. Holy Spirit, you've been speaking to us all morning long about this new year. You have lifted up our eyes to the harvest at the end of 2023. You've done it and we've responded. And now our altar is full of names and hearts of people that we care about coming to know you. And so, Lord, we take up this mantle, this responsibility. We're going to own it by Christ and by his grace, Lord, to preach the gospel to every creature and to disciple others intentionally, not by osmosis, but intentionally walk with people. Here's how you can know Jesus. We receive it, Lord, and we accept this mandate of the good news. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, give Him praise this morning.